Good evening, ladies, and welcome to another episode of Her Pocketbook Podcast. I thank you guys so much for tuning in this evening. I got a special guest tonight, one of my closest homies, my role dog. We go way back, and we're about to have a discussion on some deep stuff. So grab your glasses, find a nice cozy spot, and let's get this thing started. So we're just going to jump into it. For sure. Um, The first thing I want to ask, well, first of all, everybody, this is my good, good, good girlfriend, Kaya. Down. We've been down since it was a get down. And I am so happy and blessed that she is with us this evening. Thank you, Kaya, for being here with us. Thank you, Christian, for inviting me over to your show. This is going to be amazing. I'm so excited that we can have this discussion. All right. It's it's uh, long overdue, I think, <laughs> especially Absolutely. this topic, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I want to start because this has just helped just um, everybody just kind of get to know you. My burning question is, what even made you want to get into sex therapy? Okay, well, I can give you the, you know, the long, short story. Um, As maybe most people don't know, we're both from Oakland. And it's it's nothing that I knew that I wanted to do right away. I think what happened was I got tired of doing the same thing. And I wasn't quite satisfied of what I was doing. So I decided to capitalize on something that I am 100% interested in. And so that's what made me want to be a sex therapist. But when I describe it to people, because as you know, if you tell anyone, oh, yeah, I'm a sex therapist, or I want to be a sex therapist, they immediately be like, oh, freak. And I have to break it down to them. Like, she's freaky. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, you have to break it down to people and let them know and have them understand, like, there's a root to everything. And this idea just doesn't stem from just that quick synopsis of what I gave you. It stems from a history and um, things that happened in your early childhood life. And so coming from Oakland as a child, you I grew up with pimping and hoeing. And that was very normal. And seeing girls outside prostituting and things like that, it's normal. And I remember as a child, or not even as a child, maybe we were like 12, 13, and we were in a car and your little sister was in a car and she was like, that's a substitute. That's a substitute talking about a prostitute. Meaning that it is so common that even a child know what they are. And it's so normalized. So growing up with that and you know, being black and knowing that African-Americans has a, the highest STD rate and we, all of our music is very sexualized, our clothing sexualized as, as a culture, as women, we're very sexualized and we wonder why people see us that way. And it plays a role, a huge part of our environment. And so I always felt like whenever you had to go see a therapist or go talk to a counselor, they were never black. Mm-hmm. And and they're not going to understand the root of it. Not like you were sick. Because there's plenty of freaks or people out there who weren't molested, who mm-hmm. weren't touched on, who weren't, you know, seen 
was in some trauma. All people who are freaks didn't have trauma. Maybe it just comes from their regular everyday environment. Right. And enjoying it shouldn't be a disease or something. You know, like something's wrong with you because you enjoy it. Right. Absolutely. So if you want to see a therapist, usually you can't see a black person. You can't see someone who understand how one can see that as normal or one who can understand the trauma that leads you to down that pathway. Mm-hmm. So, so that's the rule of it and why I wanted to become a sex therapist. <laughs> the long short story. Okay. Well, uh, now let's just tap into the disability portion. Right. Absolutely. So that's a whole new environment that I'm excited to talk about and to be a part of. You know, I have a disability. I have a rare case of spinal bifida, which I never thought I had any problems with, never knew I had any problems with. I, you know, grew up kind of had like a little limp, but, you know, it didn't stop me from doing anything and nobody I knew ever said anything about it except for random people. And you'd be like, oh, whatever, hater. You know, (laughs) you're a hater. You know, and you just keep it pushing because t- t- men don't say nothing. Boy, you know, at that time, no boys ain't nothing. So, you know, you just don't. I didn't know. And then as I became an adult, had a child. And before then, I had surgery on my spine because I started to have problems that I didn't know that were related to uh, spinal bifida. And so once I had the surgery, I once woke up disabled from that surgery with a disability with using a brace and things like that so you know once that happened and then I started to acknowledge that oh, okay I do have a disability I start going through changes and things like that then I started to tap into a whole new environment and a whole new community that I wasn't even aware of or I wasn't a part of mm-hmm. and to see how I felt about it because I was always conscious, like, do people find me sexy now that I've got to use this cane, now that I wear this brace, am I still popping like that? And so that, too, also enhanced my sex um, drive because, I, to me, I felt like, okay, I was losing something, but now I was gaining this more intense sensation mm-hmm. that I really couldn't understand. I couldn't relate it to anything else. But since I had this disability, you know, they say once you become disabled or or have now what I call a acquired disability where one day you're this, you're have an able body and then a month or the next day or sometime down the road, you now are disabled. So I consider those acquired disabilities. And that's a whole nother community that have to work on their sex life Mm -hmm. because and they're mental, huh? And they're mental because you're you go through different changes of am I do I still got it? What is it like? And you know, you don't want to cheat yourself out of anything based off of that. Right. And I've noticed that because I worked as a um associate therapist at many facilities, um, worked with many populations with dif- with disabilities from high school students to elementary students to people in substance abuse programs, to people with all types of disabilities, and understood that some of their behaviors were stemmed to trauma or sexual behaviors that led them down those pathways or led them down those roads. And it's things that 
it's hard to talk about, especially when you have, like I said, an acquired disability, because there's new things that you're still learning as it goes on. Mm -hmm. As it's progressing, you're still learning. And you might have to implement new things like pillows, um, sturdy tables, uh, railing, or you have to make sure that you have a partner who understands that, okay, you might have some leakage or some um, bladder issues and things like that. So it's a whole new um, environment. And I like that I'm pursuing my finishing up with my license to be a sex therapist, mainly working with people with disabilities so that we can have these intimate conversations so that we can all live a progressive life. And another part of that is I have a child with a disability who have autism and there's a whole community that people don't think about people with mental issues or um, with autism are interested in sex or they may consider them asexual. And we need to have more conversation and be open to that community because everybody, a lot of people want it. Right. And you want to get parents to understand, like, wouldn't it be great to have a disabled porn site so you could get ideas and stuff from? I'm just saying. Right, right. A normal one that's something that's just not, you know, boozy. (laughs) Are you like, for real, this homemade one? You know, like some real ones. Or even what you just touched on, you said about, um, you know, parents. So having the birds and the bees conversation, how do you accommodate that, you know, to their disability? How do you accommodate that to their mental, not even knowing? So, you know, say I'm in a wheelchair. So how am I supposed to do that? (laughs) Right, right. And I think that's... That's why I really want to work with that pro- that community as a parent with a child with a disability and as a person with a disability because I want to be able to provide guidance and provide tools and provide, like, like I said, if we have porn in that department or different ways so people could look because I know when I watch porn, I learn. Right. I'm learning new techniques. I'm like, yes, hold that where, okay. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So... I think that we need to be more honest and optimistic and, you know, it's not for everyone. Some people say, wait till you're married and, you know, yes, do as you choose, but everyone's not going to go down that path. And I want people to, my goal in life is to make sure that everyone is living their most healthiest sexual life that they can, Mm -hmm. even if that means by yourself. Right. You know, I, I'm I'm very in tune to wanting people to be intimate with themselves. Right. Have intimate conversations with themselves. Have intimate conversations with their children. Have intimate conversations with your partner or somebody that you're interested in about your disability. Mm-hmm. So I have this question just popped in my head because I'm thinking of porn and <laughs> poor <laughs> sites with disabilities, and right. I know that because um, you spoke on it before, just you know, in our own conversation just the prep that comes along. Now, this is something that I would never even think about, you know, (laughs) really, because, you know, it's just like, hey, we jumping into it, we get to it, you know, busting down the doors and that's just what it is. But (laughs) you never think, well, I've never thought about the fact that, you know, anyone with any kind of disability, mental or physical, there actually has to be a preparation period. So when I think about that, for you, if you can answer, if you know anybody, like as far as clients that ever been in the situation, how is 
like spontaneity affected? You can always have spontaneity. Like, don't, I want people to get over the misconception that um, intimacy and sex has to consist of intercourse. Mm -hmm. So you can definitely have spontaneity. What do you think? I mean, not what do you think, but kissing and touching and all that. You can definitely be spontaneous with Mm -hmm. that. You know, and it also depends on the disability and how comfortable a person is. It's, I don't want to um, give a blanket statement right. on anything like that. All I can do is speak from my, my own personal experience and, it, and from what I've worked with with other people and um, did research on and things like that. But yes, it definitely comes with a prep. And I, I didn't know, like you, like I said, when you have an acquired disability, these prepping changes. So like you might have it down packed, like, Okay, yeah, all right. And then a few months from now, it's just like, oh, no. I can't do that anymore. I, I need to prep, prep a little earlier. I need mm-hmm. to make sure this. I, I shouldn't drink that much water. Like, you're prepping. Like, some days I've had to prep, like, a day before. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I know tomorrow I'm going to go over there, so I'm not going <laughs> to drink a bunch of water. <laughs> you know? Or you'd be like, okay. Like, the prep is also, like... When you go out, you know, like, okay, I'm not going to drink a lot of liquor because liquor makes you go to the bathroom and you have a weak bladder. Um, some women, and even not, even women without disabilities, you know, have bladder leakage and stuff like that. And you might want to get it in and do you take that pad off right before he come, before you walk in the house? Do you run to the bathroom as y'all getting it in to take that little pad out? So it's, it's some, similar to the same prep as as a lot of women who are of age <laughs> right 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 <laughs> um can get you know just like before when you're younger you could slide that like you could still kind of do it on your period and stuff but now you're like nobody right <laughs> game changer <laughs> so you know it all i can't like i said i can't give a blanket statement on anything because it has a lot of components that goes along with it based off your disability, based off your age, based off of um, the time of the month, what you eaten before. But I know for me, it's definitely a prep. And like I said, some days I prep, if I know ahead of time, I prep ahead of time. The better, the, the more prep to me, the better. Right. Because that makes it like, okay, you're preparing for the spontaneity because you know the spontaneity is going to happen. <laughs> so if I prep the day before, like, okay. I'm going to make sure I go number two <laughs> the day before because you never know. Cause, so, you know, that's ladies prep, if, especially if you know what you like. If right. you know what you like, prep for what you like. I think that goes for men as well. Men as well have to prep. And like I said, it depends on your disability, if you're using a catheter, if you have pads, if you wear a diaper, um, if you're on your cycle, um, you know, or if you just have a weak bladder, you want to make sure that you use the bathroom beforehand. Um, if you have bowel problems and you experience a lot of constipation, you want to make sure that you empty out your bowels and do your best, especially if you know that a person is coming over. Right. So you want to take care of those things. I mean, because it, it, it also makes you not as worried mm-hmm, um, and you mm-hmm. get to enjoy it more. And that's the important thing is that you definitely want to be able to enjoy the process. Because it's all about the process. And that have all that worry on your mind. Yeah, you know, you <laughs> want to be able to be worry-free and experience things and just be like, okay, kudos, let's, let's get this cracking. And 
if you're constantly thinking like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. So if you have all that on your mind, you're not able to really experience everything that you want. So prepping is very important. Like I said, the sooner you can prep, the longer you can prep out, the better the experience can be. Wow. That's just really something I didn't think of. (laughs) I mean, until right now, I was just like going through the whole process. Like, wow. Yeah. I mean, and it's almost opposite of what you used to do when you were younger right. to me. Right. Because I remember when we were younger, we'd have conversations like, oh, hold it before. So um, it'd feel better, you know, and stuff like that. So it's now it's the complete opposite. Don't hold it before. Right. Let it go before. <laughs> Let it go. Now, when it comes to dating, uh huh. what is the one question that you get that <laughs> if somebody say it one more time, you're going to slap them all. <laughs> um, the, the number one, like pick a line that you're like, Oh my God, really? Right. How many times? The one that is like, Oh my God, really are the most disrespect. I think there's probably two is like, I've heard twice, like, Oh, I don't care. If her leg is real or fake, she thick. Shit like that. And you're like, really? It's, how does that even have any, I, I don't even understand the, the, what one has to do to, with the other. Right. Well, what do you do? Is, am I supposed to smile at that? Yeah. Am I supposed to be like, uh, okay. <laughs> or the other one is like, ooh, I can give it to you and make you walk straight. You're like, really? If that was, if it was that simple. So, you know, those are some ridiculous things that you hear. But I, I, I'm always somewhat interested. Like, I, I want to write them down and just write a, like, a little disability funny book. Right. Of, like, the best and worst pickup lines you had that was related to your disability. They're hilarious. And, and you're real, and you look at people like, Really? Right, letting really? letting people read that and just seeing how ridiculous they sound. <laughs> you're like, really, really? You think you think that that's just what it is? And people don't really want to know the story. Like they ask you, like, oh, what happened? You tell them, and while you're talking to them, they're really not that interested. And so you're just like, why do I? I remember I used to be like, maybe I tell something super interesting. Like I went skiing and I tried to do a somersault. <laughs> And <laughs> fell I off the cliff. And just... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I wonder would the reactions from people be different? Right. Um, would it make me more sexy? Right. Would it make me more like, you know, so being in this, in working with people with disabilities and talking with people with disabilities, it's also somewhat of a fetish depending on the disability. Like some men are really interested in women who wear braces on their legs or in wheelchairs or some, you know, hey, there's somebody out there for everybody, ladies. <laughs> now, has having a disability, has it opened up like a whole new world of guys to you, do you think? Or have, you haven't even tapped into that yet? So I recently tapped into that because I am like... I've had a bad experience a couple of years ago mm-hmm. from a guy who um, said something with, who's, who's told me that um, 
things like, oh, I wish you can just, we could go hiking and bowling. And it's like, motherfucker, you know, I can't go do that. What right. you want me to break my leg? <laughs> Again? <laughs> Again? Like, so, you know, when people say things like that, you're like, damn, that's hella inconsiderate. So I was, and then I've been with other guys where they just sometimes oblivious to it. Like that's their way of dealing with it by, being oblivious to it. So it's just like, okay, so you're not going to help me walk up these stairs or you're not going to park in handicap parking. Are you serious? You're going to park in regular parking and you see all of this that I have going on. I mean, I appreciate that you don't see it. Right. But still acknowledge it. And, you know, I've learned this sex thing about having a disability and being a strong black woman, woman is that, the pride can fuck a lot of things up mm-hmm. because the men with me, unfortunately, are damned if they do and damned if they don't. Because if you, if I fall and you help me up, I'm gonna look at you crazy like you could, I got it. And if you don't help me up, I'm gonna be like, uh, 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 for real, this this is what you do. <laughs> so it's just like they, I give mixed signals, and I think um, that sometimes makes dating very difficult because. I honestly don't think that I'm giving my 100 to anybody because I don't want nobody to know that it actually hurts to be disabled. Mm-hmm. Like when I fall every time, it actually hurts, but I would never say that. Like I would like, oh, dust it off. Mm, yes, keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, that's the best thing with working with people with disabilities is that you actually know that you're not alone. Yeah. That. And, that, and go back to your original question about tapping into that community for dating is that I have considered it and, you, and I met somebody who goes through similar things as me and it's, a, it's, it's, it's I'm learning. Mm-hmm. Is, it, I'm is it more comfort in that? Like you just said that you met somebody yes. going through the same thing. So is there yes. comfort in, at least he knows this it's process. comfort and uncomfort. Mm-hmm. It's a pro, it's, 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 a, it's different. I, I really, I'm, I, as I get older, I'm starting to just, you know, you just got to go with the flow. And the great thing about this pandemic is that you just go, I'm just, I'm just riding this beautiful wave of happiness as long as I can. Because, you know, a storm will come. So I'm just trying to ride this out because so far so good about everything. I really don't have any kind of complaints or anything. Yeah, that's all we can do. Yeah, I mean, I don't, well, wait, don't get me wrong. I I have plenty of complaints. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I have plenty of complaints, but not as many blessings and prayers and great things to to, uh, complain about it. Right. So you working with, specializing with working with people with disabilities, what is your overall goal as far as reaching them and teaching and just helping them with these? Is it just sexual experiences? Is it just overall dealing with life with disabilities? Right. So, um, like I said, I'm an MFT, a marriage family therapist associate. I have an exam, my clinical exam coming up. I've um, been studying really hard for that. I should be passing that this year. 
and so I'll be fully licensed. You and will pass it, should be. You will. Yes, <laughs> yes. Put it out there. Yes, mm-hmm. praise the Lord. Um, so my overall goal is right now I really want to be with you and continue because we are in a pandemic and this is a good time to get to really everyone's at home, people with disabilities at home. So I really want to reach that that community and have these open, intimate conversations about your sexual life and your sexual health and how important it is to continue it and to keep it alive. And so once I become fully fully um, licensed, I'm gonna. My goal is to have a private practice um, where we have mobile therapy, and it's gonna be um, keeping intimacy alive. Is the name of it. That's gonna be the podcast where we're gonna be interviewing uh, different people with different type of disabilities and talking about you know the same thing that we discussed today: the challenges, the myths, the myth of their sexual desire and behaviors, um, the goals, where the how they want to, where they want to reach in their life in that area and just having overall healthy conversation, intimate conversations with people with disabilities, because sometimes um, we go to therapists and we don't find people who we can identify with. One, it's hard to find a person of color. Two, it's hard to find a person with color with disability. And three, to add the sex component one component in there, someone who understands and experiences it and who wants to talk specifically with that community. And so that's my goal is to continue to support the community and to let people know and be aware like, hey, we out here, we horny, we want to, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We and, and be open to it. Be yeah. open. Like, be open. That's all I say to different people and don't judge and be patient, be kind. And so, like I said, with the podcast, Keeping Intimacy Alive, which is my name, Kaya, K-I-A, Keeping Intimacy Alive, um, where we do psychotherapy, talk about early childhood trauma, talk about, um, you know, things that is going to make you healthy. My goal is to help you change your narrative, to also look at your history of your family history, how you deal with depression, how your family deals with grief, how your family deals with pain, how um, you overcome things by doing genograms, which I love to do. Um, So you could do like a family tree of people's history. And sometimes you could see where the disability comes in or how the way that you handle disability. And that way it helps you understand better about what goes on and how to live your best and healthy sexual life that there is. And like I say, sex doesn't have to be in a court. Sex doesn't even have to be with a partner. I want people to learn to love themselves and be intimate with themselves at every stage of their life because we only have one. And that's my goal of my private practice to, you know, specialize with people with disabilities. Another aspect of it will be, you know, working with people who have uh, psychological disorders, who may have autism or retardation, learning disabilities, to work with that community because people sometimes look past them. And, you know, when we were in high school, we were able to have camaraderie and share stories and get to figure things out. And when you're in special ed, you don't get that. Mm -hmm. You don't get to share those stories. And you're not at home with your cousins as you guys are not talking about things like that so you're not learning and sometimes those urges majority of time those urges are still there yeah and who how do you learn and so i want to make sure that we build a community where we're educating about this because education is power 
you know, you don't want your child get older and sneak out and not be educated of how to use a condom, how to speak for themselves, or know what they're like. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's also a goal. And then I, I want to go down the road and, you know, do research on people with mental disabilities. Some we've known that um, some men who have mental retardation are severe or that severe aggressive behavior. I always wonder, is it related to the lack of ejaculation and lack of sex? Because you, those endorphins that you get are happy endorphins. And if they don't learn that and they don't have that, or they don't know how to get a full ejaculation off. You know, I wonder if there's a correlation between the two. So, you know, those are some of my goals. And like I said, I, I, I love every aspect of it. I remember as a child watching Dr. Ruth. I love her. She's like my world. And watching PBS and being able to learn. And we don't have that anymore. And I think about right now with this pandemic going on, why don't, why isn't PBS having education all day? Why isn't there a curriculum on TV. Yeah, because they used to pump that thing out back in the day. It was after school specials, before school specials. Girl, this special, that special. You was learning about everything. <laughs> you was learning about your consonants. You mm-hmm. were learning at all ages. At all, They had something for almost all ages on PBS. And now we don't have that. And we had Dr. Ruth, someone who was an expert in sex, who was giving you education yeah. while you were at home. And it was safe. Yeah. And we don't have that anymore. We have the internet. And so I would love to bring that show back and revamp it and talk about disability. So Well, I will tell you this. Just listening to your goals and what's down the road, you're going to be a true blessing to the community. Because when you were explaining it, I'm thinking of, you know, with people with disabilities already have stuff compiled on them. Like, you know. I got to go through this. I got to struggle through this. If it's a struggle, you know, just right. in general. But and the, yeah, don't say because it's not because some people make you think that it's a struggle. And we and it ain't when people are like, oh, I'm sorry to hear it. You be like, sorry about what? Yeah. I mean, this regular life to me. What? Yeah. Is, what uh? So, yeah. But and in not being able to have somebody to speak about, you know, their urges, those feelings inside. Mm-hmm. It just seems like you you right on the money and right on time. Yeah, <laughs> and I would needed. love and I would love to have an agency where people with disabilities can go to have a safe environment to get assistance if they need to get education. A place where you could go and meet up, have date nights, or a place that provide rooms where people may have different disabilities and need assistance and mm-hmm. can't do that at their home or yeah. can't do that where they're living. And you could go and have a membership and go there with your partner or maybe just by yourself and have a therapist there who can help you reach those goals and have that intimacy that you need because everyone don't have hands to, yeah, to yeah. do what they need, yeah, you know? Yeah. So we forget about those things. Like, it's just like, well, you can get a dildo. And it's just like, but my hands don't work. Yeah. So what do you, how, how do I do that? And I'm alone. Yeah. And so if you could go to a location where they could provide that service, um, I, that, that, that will be my dream. That is definitely my dream to have an agency where I can provide service to people with disabilities of every disability of all disabilities that, where I, that I can accommodate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where they can come in, feel safe. So this is a conversation because this is my dog that can continue on probably for the next couple of hours. But we all have lives. Like she said, she's a mom. 
Yeah. I'm a mom too. So we got to get to back to life. Um, yeah. Thank I, you, Christian, for having me on your show. I'm so proud of you. This is amazing. I would love to get the word out. And, you know, everybody keep an eye out for keeping intimacy alive. Kaya, K-I-A. It's not Kia, it's Kaya. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a misconception she gets all the time. It's not Kia, <laughs> it's Kaya. It's Kaya. Keeping intimacy alive. It's Kaya. You know. Um, yeah, I just want to thank you too. Thank you for opening up. You yes. gave us a lot of you today. And I, tr- <laughs> I appreciate it. Truly appreciate it. You have touched on matters that people probably wouldn't even have second thought about. Right. Um, and reaching out to people that probably haven't heard anything like this, you know, on a podcast right. before they're, they're starting to hear about them. So I want to thank you for that. And I and love you. One last thing yeah. to say is mm-hmm. that for everybody out there, people with disabilities, you know, it's, it's, I just want to say that you always going to have haters that that's just what it is and keep pushing forward because I'm here for you. I'm here for y'all. <laughs> you heard the haters out there. She's here for you. Quit hating. She yeah, got you so back. <laughs> as soon as I get that, be fully licensed, I'm going to be opening up that private practice. Um, I definitely believe uh, 2021 will be up and rolling. So I'll be providing mobile therapy and group therapy and working on building um, intimacy with yourself, with your partner, with your loved ones, and helping you get better. So thank you, Christian. It's so welcome. Well, hey, y'all, this is not the only time she's going to be on here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be plenty of episodes. So we're going to take her up on that word. It's probably going to be a list long of people. Ready right. to get some services. Right. Okay. Love you. Love you too. Thank you so much. So I really just want to take this time and say thank you, Kaya, for joining me and the ladies this evening. It was a pleasure talking with you as always. Ladies, I want to thank you for coming and sitting and listening to us. And stay tuned next week for another great episode. Hope to see you there.